1: better get moving. Hell, I'm- Hey. Save it for when we get out of here. I'm not sure we're going to make it back. Speak up, Honor. What do you mean? Think about it, Hell. This stuff was never meant to be handled by a couple of enlisted men. They've lost officers here. Proper COs. This might be the end of the line. Well, if it is, I'd rather your last words to me weren't an apology. (sighs) Fair enough. Let's move out. seen this before. What are you talking about? This. This is what I was fighting when Mum called me home. This is the thing from our forge challenge. What in the hell is it? Some kind of fey monster. One of my teammates a plural. She told me what this thing did to her dead. If this is what I think it is, you might be right. About what? About us not making it home.
2: As Yavos tends to Gaspar's spiritual injuries, you both hear the gentle, tentative step of hooves
3: behind you. That's all right. Please come inside, Penelope, my dear.
0: I couldn't help but overhear, Papa. That's all right.
3: This is very important for you to know. Uh, Come. I have someone for you to meet.
0: She approaches and... Looks at you, Gaspar, in your eyes as much as possible. It's nice to meet you. Uh, My name is Penelope Isadora.
4: That is a lovely name. You may call me Gaspar. Although, have we not met before?
0: You're... You're the shadow from Papa's bedtime stories. He's told me a lot about you, but I i thought you were only missing your head. Did
3: it spread? Allow me to shed some light on the situation. Whatever happened in the battle in the Blackwood, it took most of us down. Halifon killed Wuxia, and we did battle with Pentecost, and after everyone was falling... And everything was turning to dust in my hands. I blacked out.:
0: He wouldn't really do that, would he?
3: Well, there are motivations behind actions we don't always understand until we look into them further.
0: I, I, don't, I don't
3: believe that.: I didn't at first either. but we'll find the truth of it in time. When I came to it, Pentecost. And the new Penny were gone, but I found Penelope
0: here. I was named after them, from my understanding.
3: Yes. And in many ways, they are a part of you, but we'll get into that. Gaspar was on my team, the Fallow Crown. We've been on many adventures together, and... In an effort to right the wrongs that had happened in the Darkwood, uh, Gaspar took it upon himself to sever himself from his body, to stop the vessel that was containing the dark magic. And now, this form is what remains, which we will find answers to solve soon. And Penelope, I have been raising as my dear child here in Eudaimonia for the past 15 years. Now, Penelope. You know how plurality works. I don't need to explain that to you, but Penicos, the Penny and the Penicos you were named after, from my stories, they are your predecessors, in a sense. Like plural creatures, you have many forms, and those were some of them.
0: Wait, you're saying that both of them were part of my plurality?
3: At a time, yes. The first Penny that I met, her plurality was damaged in a very dangerous fight, and she had to reform herself.
0: So I'm the one in all those stories? A big
3: part of you, yes. You are the creation of their parts. You were there when they were there. You've done amazing things, and you'll
0: do more amazing things. This is so much to take in. I understand. Is that what the stones of the tower were talking about?
3: They spoke to you?
0: They they held prophecy. Tell me. They said a day will come when the tower will fall, and death will come in threes. Is that what they're talking about?
3: I'm surprised you remember them. I had almost forgotten myself. I do believe that was part of it. All part of a strange prophecy tied to the Darkwood. And as for Halophon, he's, as far as I know, back in his home plane, in the eternal conflict. But he left me something. And fishing into his robes, he pulls out a heavy metallic scroll case, almost like it's encased in armor. I think... I may know what it is, but I do not know what it says. Some sort of message, surely. And I can't open it. But Penelope, this is your home. You have powers here. Perhaps you can. And I'll hand you this heavy scroll case.
0: As her eyes fall upon a new mystery, all of her hesitance melts away. and She's suddenly so curious in a way that you're so used to she reaches out and takes the case at your touch the winding carvings
2: which look so much like the tattoos on an old friend fill with warm light and the latch opens
3: (laughs) i knew you could do it well done
2: inside is a single sheet of paper Its textures are so familiar, it takes almost a moment for you to realize what they are. It is the pages of Opus, or something that would eventually become Opus. Scrawled in the looping handwriting of Halifon Orison Jr. is a question. Is my fate to join the Darkwood? Below this question, there is a diagram of his body. A section of his tattoo is highlighted, and this tattoo is then translated. The son of man and angel shall rest at the bosom of the black tree. Through this union, he shall become greater than one and
3: savior to the crown. So that's what he asked. I see now he really does believe in this. I fear that our future path may veer from that of Halophon's, though they may intertwine again.
0: I'd be surprised if they didn't. Paths tend to do that. But what is this? What an interesting slip of paper.
3: This is from the predecessor to Opus. A very strange book of truths called the Codices. Uh, One of our quests from before, those years ago. And it will tell you a single truth that you ask it.
0: Yes, it's tied to fate in ways I can't comprehend. I find it fascinating.
3: These objects on my wall are the remnants of that battle. These were the tools carried by my friends. Gaspar, I still have your armor, your amulet, the blades, the books, everything. And Penelope, this shield and sword. Ever since it came into your possession all those many years ago, it complicated things quite a bit for you. But it brought you into the life of adventure that Penny had always dreamed of. But it also taught you about the woes of battle and gave you a bloodlust for the hunt.
0: Is, is that what happened to her? Is that what this feeling is? Ever since we left the Darkwood... Eudaimonia feels so small
3: I fear that one trait many versions of you may have is this curiosity this need to experience that which is outside of paradise. You've been through many battles. We all helped Penny deal with her understandings of pain and hunger and frustration, things she had never experienced before. And my tasks may Soon take me away from this place. And if you wish to come with me, you will have to learn of these things as well, one day at a time.
0: (laughs) Like we already discussed, paths have a way of crossing again and again. I think we'll be together for a long time, Papa.
3: I certainly hope so. You are so very dear to me, he says, tussling her hair and gently stroking her cheek. You must understand that Penny and Pentecost were both very dear friends to me. I cared for them very much. But you are my heart now.
0: So, you always told me that you would keep no secrets from me, but that you would only tell me when I was ready. Is that what this is?
3: You have experienced battle, and you have seen truths that you were not ready for. So yes, now is that time, and I will keep no secrets from you. Nor you, Gaspar. We will find out how this, gesturing to the arm in the spectral form, works. We can get you back in action, I'm sure. There is much you need to tend to as well, and we will be by your side if you'd have us.
4: You say we and us. I have us. Are you prepared to bring Penelope?
3: No. Nor will I be when she's older, nor will I be when she is decaying and aged. At no point will I wish her to face conflict, or turmoil, battle, or bloodshed. But she is her own person, and where I go I know she will follow whether I guide her or not. And if anything like that, well, and when that inevitability comes, I will be there to protect her.
4: Well then, Penelope, you are your own entity. You've felt the discomfort of pain, the, f- the embarrassment of fear, the regret of failure, do you willingly subject yourself to once more leaving paradise?
0: My whole life, I thought that having a different flavor of soup every day was adventure enough, but now I realize that There are as many kinds of feelings as there are flavors of soup. I think I have to go. Besides, I'm almost sixteen. Well,
3: we both owe Gaspar a great debt. He almost single-handedly destroyed the Darkwood. And, well, he killed you.
0: Wait... What do you mean?
3: He kept his promise.
0: Why would killing me get rid of the Darkwood?
2: Because you are its scion. The voice of Rhea, the Moon Queen, comes from behind you.
0: Why do you... You're so... Oh, you're so quiet. How are you so quiet? Can you teach me to be quiet? How do you sneak around... Penelope,
2: focus. Your skills are yours to choose. The time is fast approaching for you to stand trial.
0: Stand trial? What do you mean? In both senses of the word. But not yet.
2: First, rest. Training. Time. Soon, You will face the dark wood for the last time.
1: Here anyway.
2: Her moonstone eyes look at you and seem to gaze through your soul. Be patient.
3: You have time enough. As I see Penelope cowering in the shadow of her sister, the queen, I take her by the hand and give it a comforting squeeze.
0: She squeezes back and tucks herself under your arm.
3: Dear Penelope, the seed of fear has been planted into you, and there it shall remain. But we'll face it together.
2: Time passes. Weeks. Months. Years. In that time, you recover, repair, and train. Yavos, I would like you to roll me an intelligence nature... Intelligence, religion, and intelligence, arcana, to repair the connection between Gaspar, his golden arm, and the man he used to be.
3: Nature, religion, arcana in that order? Yes. Hells yes. Oh, I like the sound of that. That didn't sound like a kickaxe job. (laughs) 32, 29, 27. Mm. Mm. Ooh, baby. Which means you don't have to succeed multiple times.
2: Yay! (laughs) (laughs) The degree of success that you have is assured by the years of preparation. Your studies in isolation have been so complete and so thorough that when the moment comes, it all comes flooding back to you. But there's only so much you can do. It is up to Gaspar to find his own strength. I would like you to roll me a intelligence save, wisdom save and charisma save.
3: Oh boy. Intelligence save? <laughs> I don't think I can bless you, I'm sorry. Mm-mm. 22.
2: Ooh.
4: Wisdom, the doozy. 2. <laughs> Ooh.
2: <laughs>
4: and charisma. Just right. 18. Beautiful. Oh, no, my wisdoms. I'm so bad.
2: When the recollections begin, they come in force. Memory, logic, these things have always been your strong suit. You were always a smarter man than they thought you. And as time passes, your memories of Pentecost, of penny farthing, begin to knit themselves together. And the order in which they come finally makes sense. You are, for all intents and purposes, the man you always were. But there is something missing. Your soul. It is still fragmented. The mind is there. Your force of personality and will. But you cannot feel yourself. Make another wisdom save. A seven. The nature of singularity and plurality has always been second nature to you. But as you struggle to identify what you are now, you find it more and more difficult to remain whole, to remain present, and to keep yourself in all senses of the word. Please make me another wisdom saving throw. It's gotta be high this time. It's a
4: total of one. So close to this 20.
2: Is that a Critical failure? No. Okay.
4: Total. I'm negative one.
2: How many hit dice do you have? I have ninety eights. Excellent. As you practice occupying the bodies of the living, it is growing more and more difficult to remain in control. And as you touch upon their souls, you can find them bleeding into your own. And when you separate, you find you leave something of yourself behind. Something that needs to be regrown before you can practice again. Please roll me another wisdom saving throw.
0: I believe in you.
2: (laughs) Twelve.
4: We're hitting double digits. Ooh. Again. Seven.
2: Again. Seventeen. Thank goodness. (laughs) It was a mere month before you found your power, the source of it, the breadth of it, the limits. It was another month until you remembered everything. But it was six months before you found your edge, literally the borders of yourself, where you end and other things begin. Whether it was grass or animals or literally the animus of the sun, you found yourself blown away like a wind. And only now have you begun to piece together some semblance of control. Benny. In the months, nearly a year, since your conversation with Gaspar, you have learned everything you could, but more importantly, you have tried to decide what it is you wish to learn. The center, the focus, of your studies has been the nature of study and what it is you wish to become. I would like you to roll me three saving throws for the stats that are most important to what you will become.
0: Starting with Charisma. Sixteen. You have never been as strong in
2: personality as your siblings. From the moment of your birth until now, they have always been something greater than you. They feel plural. They feel divine. But you have always felt your flesh. Roll again.
0: This is my good stat. (laughs) A total of nine. That was a nat one. You are
2: intended to be greater than a creature.
0: More than a simple eudaemon.
2: You are something more and you were supposed to feel that thing, and yet you cannot push through. You cannot find your connection. Whatever you are supposed to be, whatever greater being you were intended to be, you can't find her. Roll again. 23. When you find it, it is absurd how simple it was. And that is the problem. For all of his love and for all of his knowledge... The man who taught you is a complex creature, with a complex soul and a complex understanding of things. And he taught you critical thinking, analysis, logic, memory. He failed to teach you meditation, isolation, simplicity. It is only when you let go of your image of him, and your desire to be like him, that you find what you are supposed to be.
0: People are... Complex, like like a good soup, Papa always said. Next. Constitution. The touche. The touche. touche. Sixteen. That is a
2: success. From your birth, you are always strong. Born in swamp water, surrounded by filth, you resist and endure. The time you spend in the dark wood, kneeling in the muck, trying desperately to survive in a place so far from the heaven in which
0: it dwells. It all comes naturally. Third. I have a great immune system. (laughs) I ate a lot of dirt as a kid. (laughs) I guess low intelligence can be a boon. Thank God that was my lowest one. 22. Dexterity. When Gaspar finally finds himself
2: establishes his own connection to the physical. He is able to teach you. Your father, again, for all of his wit, is not a fast man. It is Gaspar who teaches you to sneak, to hide, to strike.
0: Oh, my hoofs do little click-clacks. Oh, sneaky people don't do that. It is 14 months
2: of intensive work for all of you. Sometimes together, sometimes apart. But when you are ready for the trial ahead, it is Penelope who takes the first step. Rhea approaches you in the dawn as you meditate
0: on a cliffside. I sense you there. Do you need something?
2: It is good that you can
0: feel me. That you can
2: feel the world beneath you again.
0: Yes. If you are the moon, I think that makes me the sun fascinating
2: just like your mother
0: i i never knew her what was she like
2: i cannot answer that but you can come her hair has begun to regrow slow patient a centimeter at a time years and years now it brushes gently against her cheeks in the wind silver and pearlescent. She approaches an archway that you cannot remember seeing. From it, steam pours, perfumed and rich. It reminds you of the bathhouses, but you've never been here.
0: Enter. Of course. Is there anything? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll just go. <laughs> Papa would tell me to focus. She pushes onward. As you walk into the archway, to either side of
2: you are old, tattered, cracked, broken statues. The gods that once were ancient and powerful now only ruins. As you near the bathhouse proper, your mind is flooded with a memory of walking these same halls. A coin in your hand as you stand before the waters, sun-dappled in the midday, with fruited vines hanging all around you, you remember and step deep into the portal which long ago began your greatest adventure.
1: It's empty. All the raging fuck beasts that devoured our officers can turn invisible. Are you detecting any evil here? No. Then I guess it's empty.
0: Who
2: built this place? It's so old. Look at this tree. It's huge. It
1: used to have been growing here for millennia. Maybe it's left over from whatever came before the war. Fucking Tunga. Calls it a chapel. This is a cathedral. A monument to... To the Darkwood. That's what you were talking about before. What is it? I'm no Arcanist, but... I think it's what they have instead of the Shadowfell on Penny's plane, Eftemonia. Oh, I think I've heard of them. Fey lot, right? Good blokes. Lots of dear people. Yep, that's the one. Well, not to ask the obvious question, but what the fuck's it doing here? I wish I knew. You knew? When you said about opening up a fee front earlier, I thought it was a joke. Yeah, so did I. Well, shit. What did he want us to do here?
2: Mum? I expect you to do your duty.
0: (laughs)
1: Hona! No! Hill? Oh, gods, Mum, what have you done? (laughs) We're about to witness a planar phenomenon. A keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Join the Party is an actual play podcast that follows the adventures of DM Eric and the emphatic players Amanda, Brandon, Julia, and everyone they welcome to the table. From tabletop veterans to first-time players with rich, tangible worlds, genre-pushing storytelling, and a group of collaborators who make each other laugh every single week. Hop into the current campaign that takes you on a pirate-themed adventure in a world full of plant and bug folk. Or marathon The Campaign, an MOTW game set in a weird summer camp. Campaign 2, which tells a modern superhero story. Or Campaign 1 for some classic high fantasy fun. And don't miss out on After Party, a monthly release where they answer fan questions about the show and talk about how they play the game. So what are you waiting for? Join the party. You can find it wherever podcasts are available or go to jointhepartypod.com. Hey, all you cuties. Highway to the mid zone. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, there's no live stream of the episode tonight because most of us will be at Goblin Up at Wayfinder Brewery. So wish us luck. We're looking forward to it. We love being involved in local gaming events. If you're in the Portland Metro area and either know of any events, run a business related to gaming or fantasy themes, and for any reason want to reach out to us to talk shop, plan events, or just get to know one another, we're always open. Visit the LUQ.com for the contact information and details on the show. It's a great page for any fans of the podcast to find cast bios, merch page links, photos from behind the scenes, and of course, a full archive of all of our downloadable episodes. My personal favorite link is the one that brings you to our Patreon, where you can unlock a ton of great D&D rewards. The top tiers get to be part of the show, like being on a legendary mid-roll team or being written into the show's meta with your own character. The current legendary mid-roll teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, and this week's featured team, the Ceaseless Horde. With Dave Mlotnov, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Patch Perryman, and Jeff Ammons get a personal message right on the show or for possible advertising opportunities reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com follow us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams for monday night live premieres not including this week and i've been streaming some fire emblem here and there during the week so tune in to catch that Our temporary mailing address while waiting for a new P.O. box is 2511 Southeast Pine Street, Portland, Oregon 97214 if you have anything you'd like to send the cast. We recently got some fun stuff, and it's very cool. I look forward to putting it on social media. And one last reminder to join the Discord. We get new people every week, and they all seem to be delighted at the reception they receive and quickly get welcomed as part of the community. It's truly amazing to see and warms my heart. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the Battle Axis. Mr. Elmers, please come in. Thank you for coming in today, Mr. Elmers. Can I call you Brian? Yes, that's just fine. And thank you for the opportunity. Let me cut to the chase, Brian. I'm a little surprised you've applied for this job. Now, I don't want to generalize or anything, But this position is for a full-time bog witch, whom the most successful candidates for, shall we say, don't share any of the traits with the person I see before me here. What made you apply for this position? Well, as you can see on my resume, I have six years of marketing with a focus on customer interface. I went to school for business, and I've helped several large companies increase profit and client satisfaction. It's a taxing job, and I'm kind of looking to start fresh with a new field that I can really pour myself into. And the neighborhood is great. My kids are still in school, so this would be perfect for them. And the pay seems very competitive. Uh Uh-huh. Well, this job can be very demanding. You understand the shifts can be quite long and almost always extend into the graveyard hours. I understand. As long as all hours are billable and I can bring a thermos of coffee, I think I can handle the overtime. Do you have any experience with hexing or black magic in general? Well, I'm afraid my business degree didn't have any black magic credits, but I've done a little research online, and I think I can learn the trade while on the job. And until I have more competent understanding of the field, I can rely on looking up answers when the time permits. I pick things up pretty quickly. Right. So, let's give you a hypothetical scenario that you may face while on the job. Okay, great. So, the people of a nearby village have recently started offering up prayer to a new deity. One that would command them to seek out evils such as bog witches and cast them out be it with violence, burning down their hut, or what have you. In order to teach them a lesson, you are to put a curse on the village leader. What kind of curse would you brand them with? Ah, geez, hmm. Well, leader of the village, their job requires a lot of communication. So I suppose making them unable to speak any languages that the listener understands would complicate their trade quite a bit. And as for personal suffering... I would, oh, let's say, have their teeth turn into spiders at night and scurry all over them. Something like that. I'm just spitballing here. No, no, no. That's that's a pretty solid answer. Not bad at all. Okay. A group of wanderers are lost in the fog at the heart of your swamp. To fill them with fear and announce your presence, how would you approach your wicked cackle? I cannot overstate how important cackling is to this particular role. Oof, jeez. Really on the spot. Okay, okay. (laughs) Or did something like that. I could work on it. Damn, that's actually pretty good. You've never been a bog witch before? No, but when it comes to putting myself into a new field, I never half-ass it. If it's a job worth doing, it's a job worth doing right. God, I love that energy. Okay, okay. One last question. I'll say it, and you just answer as fast as you can. Don't even think about it. Just first thought. You ready? Yes. Okay. What form would your evil familiar take? A white serpent with the head of a magpie. Hot damn. Can you start Monday? Absolutely. Whether you're looking to start a new career or advance your current trade, you can trust the job placement specialists at Higher Power. Higher Power will put you in your place. Call today!
2: Warm water turns cold. Your corpse gazes at the sky with lifeless eyes. Soulless arms lift you from the swamp. You are the puppet and the Darkwood. You were designed and birthed by black magic, by two grieving families. You carry your remains to the beaten and bleeding form of your mother. A dread settles over you. What darkness awaits at the heart of the warm golden light? which radiates from her embrace what fate lurks in the shadows cast by the rays of her love as you move into the peace of death a fleeting memory passes your mind of a young girl who only ever wanted to be just like her sister an echo in the wood like a switch flipped all is black the end In the darkness, a pinprick of light grows to a shimmering tunnel, a kaleidoscope highroad to the infinite. Astrum, the place of dreams, the highest plane of consciousness. There you see them, as in a mirror dimly. But then, face to face, they turn to you. Ram horns entwine as a young satyr enters their rite of passage. Every fur which hangs from their body was paid for in blood. The red smear across their face is more than a symbol. It is their true visage, and as they throw their opponent to the ground, they do not hesitate to put their spear through his heart. He shall be remembered and revered, but his memory will be nothing compared to the legend of the victor.
3: Deep underground in an office of stone and wax, they stand at the side of an old slab. An embalming table. Two wide lenses hang from forward curved horns, magnifying their hourglass eyes as they study the body. To gauge its value. To weigh and measure the promise left dormant. This is a mortuary for fictional heroes whose authors killed them. Their deeds are black and white on parchment, but here, their quiet meat and sleeping bones must be detailed. Furry gray fingers sketch mortal wounds. Patinaed blades cut dead skin and peel back flesh. Heroes may touch the hearts of many, but it is only this solitary creature who touches the hearts of the heroes with a wide smile like a carton of eggs and a low song. Like a well being dug.
4: Three mountaineers are snowed in, praying that the canvas and structure of their tattered tent will hold for just a few more hours. They hear the echoing of scratching outside the snow above them. A few jingling of bells and the echoes of snow being shoveled above them bring relief. Needles of sunlight finally pierce through before growing into a beam of relief. There, with a large mane of fur, dusted with large feathers of snow, a smiling face. Oh, there you are. Quick, let's warm you up. She cracks into a barrel that lets out a healthy stream of steam. Heavily spiced and highly alcoholic, its consumption is a ceremony.
3: Four hooved legs, tall and mighty as oak trees, wade through the eternal verdant weald, like it's a shallow river. Their impact is thunderous, yet leave no harm in their wake. She looks down, yellow moon eyes taking in the sights of the treetops. She ferries creatures of the forest and lost travelers on her back and flocks of birds in her vast twisting red antlers. The only toll they pay are the stories from afar whispered into her ear as she smiles and dances through the canopy. Kelp hangs
2: in curtains from bowed head of the fabled landstrider as she arises from the deep. Her coral crown nestled into bleeding wounds. She pulls back the living vegetation of her hair to reveal an aquamarine gaze, which takes in the blasted lands of the world destroyed by the beasts of air and earth. The tide rises with her to reclaim her birthright, to bless with salt and spray that which has been scorched in the unending quest for fire. The multitude will live on, freed from their dark burden, blessed in their continuance. But first, a sacrifice of blood and fate. There are no words as the warmth of the mother embraces you. There is no confession of love undying, nor the smoothing of hair and brushing away of tears. Instead, a kiss and myriad tear-stained saris as the heart of the mother entwines with those of the father and the sister the death of 3 give birth to 1 the astrum fades to black a hazy red dawn rises through curtains of angry pink flesh muscles ache as hands struggle to learn ancient lessons your mouth Opens to speak to call for help, But the only sound is the desperate cry of a lost child, Whose voice finds the trees and stones of the wood, And returns in an echo. Wrinkled hands lift you from the cold water of the swamp, And swaddle you in worn robes. Kind eyes gaze down at you, Tears well, before falling across a grimacing mask of fear, confusion, and grief. Days pass in a haze of love and support, but also loss. Then, consciousness, thought, then words, then
3: experience. We see the tall gray figure, a silhouette looking down into a crib with a handmade wooden mobile of animals from the forest, bumblebees, robins, rabbits. But the baby fidgets. He lifts her up, holds her close, and pats her back. She bleats loudly, wailing in confusion. Then we see him lying awake in his bed, a bundle resting at his side, upside down, kicking him in the chin with tiny hooves, prodding his hips, with tiny antlers, and pats her gently, humming a lullaby.
0: Penelope's papa is ever so patient, as she tries to explain over and over again what it is she wants to grow in their garden, in the house they've just moved into. She wants sunflowers and daffodils and snowdrops and baklava which seems strange, but it is eudaimonia. And after listening patiently to her, letting her sort through her own thoughts, he patiently takes her by the hand, leads her to the market, collects all of the seeds, and goes on the long process of explaining exactly how to cultivate life from the earth here. She is overjoyed as she gets to watch them grow and find happiness in a job well done. A young
3: preteen Penelope opens the door to an office, which is never locked but always closed. Curiosity overtaking her. Looking at old swords and suits of armor from stories she's been told. Looking through drawers and finding things she doesn't understand. And digging through a bag, finding a beautiful old clay ocarina. And being the spirit of creativity, she puts it to her lips and plays a fun song. The front door and shutters to the windows burst open with a thaumaturgy as Iavos chases a swarm of bats out of the house using his cloak as a kind of guiding mechanism. And you see a pouting, embarrassed Penelope sitting on the couch as he assures her everything's going to be okay. A first kiss, a last goodbye. A book,
2: read a thousand times, bent and worn. Scraped knees with meager tears. No pain, but catharsis. A young life blossoms from a bed of death. You emerge alone from the bath, at the center of the mountain. Water streaming from your chin and fingertips to pool at your feet. As you walk through the door, your bare flesh and fur caressed by the cold wind, you are flanked, not by crumbling statues, but a pantheon. Their cracks and fissures repaired, their flesh painted in garish color seeming almost to breathe. Each holds a tool of their trade, a choice to be made, only two to be taken. Ephèveres, the inventor, her hands worn from hard labor, her brow furrowed in deep thought. She holds the scales and abacus, tools of discovery and calculation. Agrios, the beast, his fangs clenched in fury, his eyes burn with hate. He holds club and claw, tools of rage and bloodshed. Ethopios, the performer. Her mouth open in song, her body bowed in grace. She holds the lyre and the sling, tools of song and adventure. Iarius, the clergy. Their eyes closed in prayer, their hand extended in blessing. They hold the scepter and the censer, tools of wisdom and blessing. Apsogos, the flawless his arms held in martial form, his face relaxed in serenity. He holds the staff and the mantra, tools of discipline and focus. Ipotis, the crusader, fist raised in righteous fury, hand across his breast in solemn oath. He holds the hammer and commandments, tools of justice and law. Kinigos, the huntress, head tilted to hear her pray, body tight, ready to strike. She holds the bow and knife, tools of the hunt and harvest. Oniros, the child, her eyes closed in sleep, her hands curled in symbol. She carries the amulet and the laurel on her head, tools of power and heritage. Skia, the shadow her mouth bent into a smirk, her feet arched in stealth. She holds the stiletto and the bag, tools of murder and thievery. Polemistes, the cultist. His eyes rolled back in trance, his hands open in surrender. He holds the dagger and the effigy, tools of blood and sacrifice. Logios, the scholar. His gaze narrowed in search, His hands folded in understanding. He carries the tome and quill, tools of study and knowledge. And finally, Stratios, the soldier, his body rigid and prepared, his hand raised in salute. He carries the Xiphos and Aspida, the sword and shield, tools of war and protection. What do you choose?
0: Light tapping sounds echo throughout the hallway as Penelope paces around these statues, examining each one in turn, poring over every detail, meticulously, curiously. Okay, I have to focus. What's the tune that Papa taught me for when I'm working a puzzle? Time for a puzzle. What do we see? What is our goal, and what is the key? Let's list the pieces to move it along. It's not so scary with a puzzling song. So I'm supposed to choose the items that represent will represent myself, my fate. That's a lot. You'd think they'd have a quiz or something.
2: Small hands reach out for bronze shield and
0: sword. It's a memory now. Your memory. Did she really do that? What an impulsive choice. A sword and shield for a storyteller. This time, I'll make sure it's intentional. They never said I had to pick two from the same statue. I wonder if I can mix them up a little. What does Ethopios have here? If my power comes from stories, then surely song is perhaps the best representation of that. I'll take the lyre.
2: As your hands reach out, the lyre turns bronze and grows a thick sheen of verdigris. And as your hands almost close on it, you see a flash of a bloody bronze blade held aloft in victory.
0: I- hope I don't have to do that with a liar, that seems somewhat more difficult. Let's see, and then, what's the other half of it?
2: As your hands close on it, you can feel a part of you reaching into it. And it sings with a song that speaks to you.
0: There it is. The song of creation. I've heard it before. I wonder how I can use it, but there's another half to stories. It's not just the words or the composition. There's history, legacy. There's no knowing who we are without knowing who we were and where we've come from. I'm so curious about these other versions of me. There must be lessons to be learned in their stories. Taking one more loop around the hall, she stops before Oniros, the child. The name.
2: It does not match the title. Many of these do. Ethopios, the performer. Kinigos, the huntress.
0: Oniros is the dreamer. So why is it the child? Such a funny notion. When beings like us don't dream... A delicate hand reaches for the crown upon her brow. A flash of blood and pain.
2: Agony splits your skull. A sword in your heart. You stand unharmed as your heart pounds in your chest.
0: (gasps) What was that? Such painful memories.
2: A disc of bronze smeared with blood. Burns in your mind's eye. The Aspida.
0: As her vision clears, she finds her hand pointed not at the crown as she intended, but towards the shield on the adjacent figure. No, not this time. I've already told that story. Less slowly this time, firm in her decision, she takes the crown.
2: As your hand closes on the laurel, it turns bronze with verdigris, and instead of a flash of a father you can barely remember, you see your mother, Calliope, the laurel upon her brow, the lyre in her arm.
1: It's okay. It's okay, I've got you, bro. You're gonna be all right. Mom didn't mean to hurt you. She'll pet <laughs> you right up.
2: He will serve his purpose, Halavan Jr.
1: As will you. <laughs> guess I'm not making it home after all. Shut up with that. With a wound like this, you'll be hours dying. I can fix this.
2: You used it all up on the corporal, bud. Even if you hate him. Something tells me the old touching girl ain't gonna do it this time.
1: Fuck! Why are you doing this?
2: Halafon Junior, yours was never meant to be a life of failure and mediocrity. You have always been destined for more. One need only gaze upon your flesh to know your story.
1: What are you talking about? My... You mean my tattoos?
2: Your markings are a living prophecy of your deeds and death. A promise of what is to come. And yet, it is not meant to be read by lower life forms. Only the abstracts are the higher planes, I know what will be. Cool. Only only tattoo I have is a duck on me ass, and a portrait of me X on my bicep. Do not blaspheme the sacred prophecies with your filth. <laughs> you got filth, right? She looks like a horse drawn by a six-year-old, and that
1: was before the tattoo. Mom, please, I don't understand. What are you doing here? What's happened to your wings? I have been blessed by a force greater than myself.
2: I have been given new life, new weapons to fight the enemy, the true enemy. Tell me, my son, what do you know of the Dark One?
3: Very good. Statue town. (laughs) Vision bath.
2: (laughs) This was a slower one. This was a quieter one. This one had more uh, uh, downtime. Yeah.
3: This was a a blanket of an episode to cuddle under. Exactly. Mm.
2: Exactly. People will like it. A spirit journey. I have no doubt. I feel really good about letting time pass.
0: Yes. I, I very good about that. I love that aspect of it. Like, I also, I, I know narratively, there, you know, there's a little bit of debate about hand, how to handle time. And uh, just giving new Penelope space to breathe in her life, I, I think is great.
3: Agreed. Every anime's got the time skip. Yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what this is. It's an anime.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: If there's anything that you could call this story, there's nothing anime. is closer hey, wait, in the world of media.
0: If we have any LU cuties out there who make anime, yes, I, I think it's a pretty good story. Go ahead and make us an anime, please. I'll take one, a full one anime, series. please.
2: One <laughs> anime, please. Ooh,
4: if you're asking for a favey moments, mm-hmm. I mean, I really like the Pantheon that you made. Thank you. I wish I had a video game that I could do exactly what just happened for Penelope. Like, Oh, that would be such go a good like, intro. Oh, here's, you know, 12, did, did, 12-ish did, statues.
0: And I Ooh. like fucking Kingdom
3: Hearts. It gives you three to choose from. Yeah, yes. three.
4: But then this one, you could take one from each film and you're just like, wait a minute. Combos. Serious class options here. Yeah. yeah,
0: I was actually about to bring up Kingdom Hearts because um, just like the very intro, the way you build your character, instead of doing it in a form... It presents you with like a rod, a sword, and a shield, and it says, you know, what is your strength? Originally, I thought about keeping it to only like a small handful, but I realized I want it. one for every class. Let's yep. get mm-hmm. one for every class. Oh yeah, class. no, you can I like really the flavor. Um, but then after you select it, it says, which one do you give up? Yeah, and that's that's the kicker. That's the part I really like. I I I hope you enjoyed the arsenicos. Like, please please choose me again. It's so important. <laughs> oh, no. We already did this one, Hoof Daddy. Get out of here. <laughs> This is New Game Plus, right? <laughs> I have a chance to do it better this time. I have a parent who's here with me every day. <laughs>
3: Wonderful. I mean, I, I always like the, the DM prompt of being like, hey, come with a little tiny story thing. And mm. then we all get to listen to each other's and that's I like it a lot. Uh I like it a lot. Your uh, your first one there, the wax and oh. stone, was so
2: fucking juicy. Uh! Yeah, that that was a tasty morsel. It made me think of uh, Silt Versus, which I know you probably haven't listened to yet, but fuck me, dude. Listen to the Silt Versus. This is not an advertisement.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Unless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me. I would love it. If,
2: I would, A, if anybody out there is listening to this and goes and starts listening to the Silt Versus, go ahead and pop into their Discord and be like, Luck sent me.
3: Mm-hmm. Give them free advertising. All <laughs> mm. well, about that. What was the first half?
0: <laughs>
3: it was me introducing you to Gaspar, and then you talked
0: to your sister oh she yeah. Showed up. yeah 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 it's the other half of that yeah it's just um overall i just i really love downtime episodes i love role-playing episodes so this was very chill and very fun i didn't have to like look at my character sheet except to fuck up roles least favorite moment fucking up my charisma rolls. oh yeah that was a plus eight yep tell me about it i decided to stack each
2: of your guys's time on on each other rather than have them conceivably happen in sequence because presumably you would have been helping each other through your individual yeah.
0: experiences so yeah about 14 months of uh of down yeah, no, that, that's of perfect I actually out. really like once i was figuring that out in my head i love that mechanic but i loved getting to, to have that conversation and and reacting to all of that and i also just like the whole the whole scene with the gods i wasn't expecting to do that and it's very rich one thing that it probably felt kind of slipped away was actually given to
2: me by uh law after a fashion was the idea that Hal's lock could only be opened by Penny. Mm. And that, that to me is juicy stuff right there. Then he would have given it to you, right. knowing that you would try endlessly to open it. Mm. But that only Penny could open it.
3: Well, I have to I have to suck my own nipple for a second here in Hell yeah. hot. In that I knew what was in the scroll case after Hal, the moment Hal gave it to me, just from context clues and like putting the pieces, like what, what could it possibly be? And I, I, it was, I knew it was his page of the codices that answered a single question. I'm like, that could be the only thing that could make him like, t- like turncoat that fast and have his own new purpose and stuff. So be like,
0: it was all explained in the special Hal episode though. <laughs> yeah. Which everybody's heard by now. Yeah. That's, that exists. at the time of this
3: recording that has not been recorded yeah and I'm super glad and I I, we haven't thought about the codices pages in a while I use mine right away but (laughs) god I think I still have
0: one too yeah I think a lot I think do you have one still yeah I think me and and Hal are now the only ones that have utilized them on screen yeah, yeah, yeah I think this Penelope will be a lot better at utilizing it well, this has been a fucking doozy and a nice tight
2: episode. Not a lot of, not a lot of go backs, not a lot of edits. So hopefully this is a nice, easy one for Sam. Uh, thank you, Hediger the editor, for editing this. And uh, until next time, we wish you luck.